Well, let's look at 2 Corinthians 10, verse 3. We've been in a series called Refuting Negative Thoughts, and we're not done with it yet. I have something specific I want to talk about this evening concerning this. There's a lot of facets. Verse 3 says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for putting or pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Verse 5 says, casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Now let's look at this in the NLT tonight. It says, we are human, but we don't wage war as humans do. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. Now, I'm reading this version tonight. This, this is what's going on when it's talking about casting down thoughts, but there's different facets of it. it of course, it applies to you casting down thoughts in your mind, and we've talked a lot about that. And we're going to talk about that in in some regard tonight. But I want you to notice how this is talking about thoughts that raise themselves up against the knowledge of God. This happens in society. This happens in organizations. This happens in schools. This happens all over. This is going on. And this is the true battle in the earth. Verse 5 says, We destroy every proud and a proud obstacle, let's go back to verse 4. We use mighty, God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, notice that, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. Now, we've touched on this at different points, but I wanted to just focus on it tonight, this part of it. We are in a battle in the earth, and there is... Um, There looks like it's a natural battle, but there is really a spiritual battle going on. And the spiritual, the nature of the spiritual battle is what we're talking about in these, these verses and what we'll, we'll focus on in other verses. It has to do with beliefs. It has to do with arguments that exalt themselves against the truth. Amen. Amen. It says, not worldly weapons to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. Anything that exalts itself up against the knowledge of God, that's rebellion. Rebellions in the world in all kinds of forms, but anything that would say, no, this is true, when it's against God's word, it is rebellion. It's a rebellion against God. It's saying, no, we know more. You know, that doesn't just, rebellion doesn't just happen with children. You know, no, I want to do this. No, it happens with people of all ages. No, 
I want it this way. No, I don't want to believe there's a God. No, I don't want to do God's plans. No. And it's, it's rampant in our society. Ephesians 6, verse 10. Let's look at this. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Verse 12, we, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Let's go ahead and keep reading. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which you'll be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. So verse 12, if we go back to verse 12, says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Question, how are we warring and wrestling with them? It's not physical. The Bible says these, our weapons are not flesh and blood. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We read in 2 Corinthians 10, it says that our, our weapons are not worldly weapons. So what are, what's the war and what are the weapons? We're going to see this. Primarily what's going on is a battle of beliefs in the world and thoughts. What do people believe? What do they adhere to? Because that's going to determine what they do. We've had all these school shootings recently. And people are trying to solve those things naturally. Saying we need new laws in, in, in things and you know, we need to control guns. The guns didn't kill anybody. People made a decision to kill people. Why? Because they believe something. Because they bought, they bought lies. Because they're listening to the wrong thing. This is nothing new. It's been going on. It's been going on for a long time. So you can't solve a problem if you don't deal with the root of the problem. And I'm not going to, you know, we could go into all that type of, uh, of thing. You know, you can say, people say, well, that's political. It's, it's talking about the reality of a problem. If you're looking at the wrong way to solve a problem, you're not going to solve the problem. And if you don't think there's a spiritual world, you've already missed it. Now you're saying, you're talking about mental illness and everything. Well, yeah, anybody that shoots children has a mental problem. They're thinking wrong. But why are they thinking wrong? Because they're believing something. They're listening to something in their head. And if, if we just think we're flesh and blood and there's not a spiritual realm, we're not going to deal with the reality of the problem. And I'm not talking about just there. I'm talking about every area. That's just an example because people go, how are we going to do this? And they're fighting against something. But, if they, but what is the real war? It's a war against the truth and lies. This is the war in the world. And we're going to see this. 
The devil is propagating lies in the earth and trying to keep people in darkness. The gospel brings light to a situation so people can see. And when they see, they can be freed from bondage. That truth frees you. But when people believe lies, they're bound. Let's go back and let's read as we get into the 2 Corinthians 10, verse 4. Let's go back in the NLT and read verse 4, 10 verse 4, if you go back a few. We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning. See, that's what, there's human reasoning. People have lines of thought that have been accepted. I'm talking about in every area. They believe something. They act on something. And so there's human reasoning. Well, this is why this is happening. This is, and it's human. And a lot of people say, well, there's no God. We're not dealing with a God or spiritual. We've got to deal with the reality, the natural. If somebody says that, they're duped. They're blind. They, they've bought the lie that there's nothing, that it is just natural. Well, that's all fine. Everybody has different beliefs, and so we'll just deal with the natural. That's a lie. Everybody may have different beliefs, but that doesn't mean they're all right. So what are we dealing with? See, every part of this, you're dealing with human reasoning, and you're dealing with belief systems, which are determining what people see and they don't see. And the war is to keep the truth stamped out. In the world. Because when the truth comes, light comes. And freedom comes. In every area. It says, We use God's mighty weapons, not worldly weapons, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning and to destroy false arguments. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. See, you're using truth to destroy arguments that keep people from knowing God, keep keep them from knowing God initially, but keep them from knowing the truth about God. You You can be a Christian and have accepted He's true and accept Jesus, but then you can have all kinds of beliefs in your mind and in your life that keep you from knowing more about Him that frees you up in different areas in your life. And so if we don't, come against the thoughts and the beliefs, then people remain bound. It says we capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. Well, how does that happen? By the word coming forth. The word sheds light and then people see. It it dawns on people's hearts and this is what Satan hates. This is the true war. You want to do something spiritual in the world and actually make a dent, you speak truth. That actually has an impact in the world. See, people do all kinds of natural things and they're trying to fight natural things and they're not necessarily making any headway. But you start speaking truth, the truth of God's word, that can impact a person's heart that can open up change in the earth. And that is what the enemy hates. And so he does everything he can to obscure it. Personally, just in, in, in society. I mean, it's, it's all individuals, right? 
Society is just a group of individuals. So what goes on, what we accept in our minds is going to affect the people around us and then society is just a, uh, just all those people together and everybody has different beliefs and so then decisions are made and, um, and it affects humanity as a whole. Let's look at John eight forty four. <clears throat> we read this. You know, we read this a, a few weeks ago. We were talking about the Holy Spirit and the devil. But I want to, I want to come at it from you know specifically looking at um, this angle, talking about the battle of people's beliefs and their thoughts. So your beliefs are determined by what you think. John eight verse uh, forty four says, "You are you are of your father the devil." This is Jesus talking to the religious people. You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father that you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources and he is a, for he is a liar and the father of it. So the devil lies and that's what he's doing in the world. Revelation 12, 9 says, so the great dragon was cast out that serpent of old called the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. Notice it says uh, that great dragon did the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world. That's what's going on. When you see people and you're like, how can they make that decision? How can they believe that? Because they're blinded. We're going to see this over and over. We're going to read several scriptures. But this is what's going on. This is the war to keep people in darkness is to keep th- this, this blindness there, to keep people deceived. And you will be fought in your own life and in, in uh, people that you talk to more than anything. When you speak truth, there's a pushback. Because when you speak truth and somebody accepts it, the, the, the enemy has lost ground. When you speak truth and somebody accepts Jesus, they've just lost. That's a casualty. On the, on the opposite side. That's true war. When somebody that was a Christian starts to believe lies and starts to go away, especially a prominent Christian or a leader, and they, they, they fall into sin and, and, or they, fall, they decide they start believing something that's not true and they announce publicly, I, I don't believe this anymore. That's they may still be saved unless they completely renounce Jesus. That's a whole other topic. You can do that, but you have to know what you're doing, and it's very rare. Okay, that's a whole other topic. You want to talk about that? Happy to. You can't lose your salvation like you lose your wallet. You can throw it away, but that's a whole other thing, and you have to want to. You know you were going to hell. You wouldn't care. That's how you would know. People say, have I committed the unpardonable sin? You asking that question tells, is the telltale sign you have not because you still want to know God. If you were going, you'd say, yes, I'm going, and you'd curse Jesus, and you'd, you'd, you're lost. Okay. But when people stand up and they, they, they say, I don't believe anymore, that's a casualty against the kingdom of God. That takes, that's, that's, the, that's the battle right there. You get somebody to say that used to be a stalwart Christian that has been public, and you get them to say, I don't believe it, you just influence a bunch of young people and a bunch of other people. Well, I think they can fall. If they don't believe it anymore, what about me? And it just introduces a button. But where's the battle? What happens? It hits people's thoughts, right? 
All over. You see it on Instagram. You see people saying, ah, they post, I don't believe, really know if I'm a Christian anymore. Could be thousands or millions of people are having a thought hit them. What, well, what about me? I thought they were strong. I, I listened to their music. I, I thought they were... And that's, see, that's, a, that's an attack. You, they, that, that was an attack launch that rippled through the world. And where's the warfare? It's in a battle of beliefs. People, young people are saying, well, I don't know. And they, they're swirling. And the enemy is going to try to, he, he hits that. And he's going to try to pound on that, that um, weakness. Try to get somebody else to go down that path. This is what's going on in the world. And if we're ignorant to the, the spiritual side, we're just going to deal with superficiality, not knowing there's, there is a supernatural realm, and we have to deal with it supernaturally. When you see, I just mentioned, I'll repeat it, when you see somebody, you're like, how can they believe that? It's because the deception is so thick. And the thing with deception is you don't know you're deceived. It's not like you watch yourself being deceived. You can be self-deceived, but the problem is you're still deceived. Let's look at Acts 26, verse 12. <clears throat> Just read this in context. This is talking, Paul recounting how he was saved on the road to Damascus. While, while thus occupied, I, as I journeyed to Damascus with the authority and commission from the chief priests at midday, O king, along the road I saw a light from heaven brighter than the sun shining around me and those who journeyed with me. And when he had fallen on the ground, I heard a voice speaking to me and saying in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? This Jesus appeared to him. It is hard for you to kick against the goad. So I said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus who you are persecuting. See, people don't even understand. They, I mean, this is not where we're going, but I just make this, this comment. People think they're just talking to a Christian and, you know, belittling them. They don't understand. They're attacking the head of the church. They're belittling God Almighty. Think, well, that's just your beliefs. No, you're, you're, when you're assaulting one of his and belittling, you're actually got a problem with Jesus. And he said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. Verse 16, but rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose... Now listen, to make you a minister and witness of both the, of the things which you have seen and of the things I will yet reveal to you, I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you. Notice this. So he's ta- Jesus is talking to Paul saying, this is what I'm calling you to do. I'm sending you to the Gentiles to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Let's read verse 18 again. This is what Paul, the apostle, wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. What was his mission? To open their eyes. What are you talking about? Their, their physical eyes? No. Their spiritual eyes, what they believe, so that they see reality. And that's what every Christian is called to do. You may not have the same call as Paul the Apostle, but you have a mission to be a light, to open people's eyes so they see truth. To open their eyes, now notice, in order to turn them 
from darkness to light. The world is in darkness. And from the power of Satan to God. So Satan has power. He has power over everyone that does not believe on Jesus. He has no power over the Christian that has believed on Jesus. None. Satan does not want Christians to know this. That's why you have stuff that purports to be Christian, giving an image of Christians still bound by Satan. Well, you might be a Christian, but you don't know your family may die of cancer. You may be a Christian, but you may, you know, your business may go under. You may be a Christian, but you know, Christian, you may be divorced. None of those are the will of God. Doesn't mean stuff hasn't happened and there isn't redemption, but it's not just you're Christian, you're saved, but you still got all the things to deal with that those that are under the power of Satan do. That is not true. Satan wants you to believe it's true. What combats that uh, being in bondage, it's the knowledge that it's a lie. We read Satan's a liar. He's got sway. He actually has control over the world, their beliefs. And the battle is to keep them in the dark so he can keep control. And every time the light comes and somebody, like exactly what the Apostle Paul was doing, preaching the gospel, so that they can, be, they can be changed, so that they see, to open their eyes. They see, wait a minute, you know, amazing grace. I was blind, but now I see. Oh my gosh, I've been living like this, and now I see reality. Wait, there is a God. Wait, Jesus is the Savior. There is a spiritual realm. I have a call of God on my life. Every person does. In order to turn them from darkness to light, from the power of Satan to God. And here it's talking about that you may receive forgiveness of sins, but in every area that the truth may come, read the rest of that, you may receive forgiveness of of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. God has an inheritance that's sitting there, but if you don't know about it, can't take take, uh, advantage of it. Just like in the natural, you could have a bunch of money sitting somewhere that somebody gave you, but nobody told you about it. But when you know, you can do something about it. And so this is the reality of what's going on. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 4, 2. We're talking about the battlefield of the mind. We're talking about a battle of beliefs. When we talk about casting down thoughts, we need to know and and refuting negative thoughts that it's not just, oh, you're going to fail. It is God's not real. It's you, you know, your children are not going to serve God. Whatever it, in the world, whatever the lies you see the world has embraced, no, they're not there on accident. They're there on purpose. And the, the, the plan is from the enemy is to keep it like that. That's why you get a pushback whenever you say something that's truth. You may feel it spiritually because there's a spiritual realm. Try to intimidate you to shut up. That's very real in our society. You just keep your beliefs to yourself. Why? Because that's what will set people free. You just Everybody can believe what they want. You just don't share yours. Why? Why is that a thing? Because it is a threat. It's a threat to the forces of darkness. 2 Corinthians 4.2. It says, But we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Verse 3, but even if our gospel is veiled, our good news, our truth is veiled, 
it is veiled or hidden to those who are perishing. Talking about lost people. Whose minds the God of this age has blinded. Notice that. Who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Notice, the, the, the God of this world, that's Satan. He is the God, he's not God, notice, little g. He's not the God, he's not God over everything, but he is the God or the head or the one ruling this realm. But not the Christian. We've been redeemed out of his power, but notice we read in Acts to, to be, get people out of the power of Satan. That means they're in the power of Satan now. That's not politically correct. I don't recommend you just go up to people and say, you're in the power of Satan, don't you know it? You need to give them truth so that they understand the, the gospel and they understand Jesus in a way that they can understand. The idea is not to preach to somebody just to check it off and make your conscience feel good. It's to actually get a win. So we got to be smart as you would just in natural things. How is this person, what are they going to receive? Are they going to listen to just a, a frontal attack? Or do I need to be more subtle? I mean, you're not doing it manipulative. It's how, do, I want to show them the love of God. How do I get that? Have you ever been in a situation where you're looking at somebody and like, how can I get you to see the truth? God loves you, but they've had so much in their, their life come against them that they are putting up walls left and right. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want to talk about the gospel. You bring it up, no. I don't want to hear about why is that, because that's a threat. And they're, they're actually influenced by darkness over time that's trying to keep that away from them. And the idea is keep it away from them their whole life until they go on and then they're truly lost. But notice it says, verse 4, whose mind the God of this age has blinded who do not believe. See, we're talking about beliefs. We're talking about thoughts. If that's the battle, they don't believe. Lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Lest that light comes, they get a glimmer, they see, they believe, they act on it. It comes to their mind, they, you know, gets in their heart, they believe, they act on it, and now they start moving in a different direction. But it's, it, it comes to what's going on in the mind. First John 5, verse 19. <clears throat> It says, we know that we are of God and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. The whole, this is the Bible, right? The whole world, not talking about Christians, it says we are of God. But the whole world, the world system, what you see, it lies under the sway of the wicked one. It lies under the sway of the wicked one. So that's when you see somebody acting a certain way, you realize there's a sway there. There's a push. There's an influence. There's a, 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 a push to make them think a certain way. Make them conform. Make them conform to the, what the world is saying. What the world is believing. Let's look at um, Acts uh, 26, verse 24. Look at a, an example of this happening. It says, verse 24, Now thus, this is the Apostle Paul talking to Festus. So he's talking to the leadership 
Um, and Festus is under King Agrippa, and he's, he's, a, he's addressing King Agrippa. And so this is what we're going in the middle. There's a whole bunch before this, but we're going to the middle of this. Verse 24 says, Now, as he thus made his defense, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, you are beside yourself. Much learning is driving you mad. Because he's sharing the word of God. Verse 25, And he said, I am not mad, most noble Festus, but speak the words of truth and reason. So he's speaking before a king. And he say, and the other guy is calling out, no, shut up, you're speaking mad words. Why is he even saying that? Paul, you're beside yourself. Much learning is driving you mad. Verse 25, I'm not mad, most noble Festus. Notice, he's respectful. He's still respectful with who he's talking to, but he's bringing the truth. He's not getting in their face. He's not calling them stupid, but he's just bringing the truth. I am not mad, most noble Festus, but speaking the words of truth and reason for the king. Now he's talking about Agrippa, this, the king he's addressing. He said, for the king whom I, before whom I also speak freely knows these things. For I am convinced that none of these things escapes his attention, since this thing was not done in court. Talking about Jesus. He's talking about Jesus and that this happened. And he's openly preaching the gospel. He said this thing wasn't done in the quarter. In other words, Jesus didn't just, he wasn't crucified and rose from the dead and nobody knew about it. It's going throughout the whole world. Notice he's bold. Guys, we don't, we don't need to, to shy away from the truth. We can be bold in speaking the truth. And we need to understand that there's a push to keep us silent. I'm talking about Christians silent. There's a push for you just to accept the status quo in the world, for you to discount your beliefs, to shy away from truth, to doubt, to fear, all these things. But know the truth is right. And if you stand and be bold on the truth, then you are a conduit for light going out, going in the world. This is why the church is still in the earth. So he said, look, I, 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 the, the king knows what's going on. He, he's seen this. Verse 27, King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know you do believe. See, he's, he's talking to a, a ranked official, but he, he's very direct. He's saying, I know you believe. Now notice what King Agrippa says. Then King Agrippa said to Paul, you almost persuade me to become a Christian. Do you see what's going on? Paul is bringing light the king. He's got status, he's got power, he's coming, he sees the truth, but he's not willing to quite step over that line. Why? There's thoughts, there's beliefs that he's had, and he, it's in, this is a war going on in this man's mind right now. Can you see that? You got the Apostle Paul bringing the truth, but here's a guy who outranks him has more money than he has, more power, and he's looking, he can see, he's like, you almost persuade me, what? To accept the truth and to come out of darkness, but he's not quite there. This is what happens. You may be talking to somebody in your own mind. That's why in our own mind, we just need to settle it. Whatever God's word says, we accept it and say, no, it is true. And no, those thoughts that are coming against you, trying to discount it, you know where they're coming from. You know the war is, a, is, is pointed at you. The battle is trying to get you to release those thoughts. That's the beliefs. That is the war. 
That's what's going on everywhere. So it just gives us insight when we're dealing with situations with reality. You know what's going on. There's a battle of beliefs. There's a battle of thoughts. There's a battle of truth and darkness. There's a battle for the minds and beliefs of men and women and ultimately for their spirits to go to darkness or to be saved. If they're already saved, to keep them bound. And so right here, you see the king saying, I almost, you almost persuade me. Verse 29, Paul said, I would to God that not only you, but all who hear me today would might become both almost and altogether such as I am, except for these chains. He's saying, I wish you'd become a Christian, except of course, not in jail. You know, I don't want you to be like that. But this is what's going on. How is the darkness eradicated? It's by light. Look at John 12, verses, verse 44. Darkness and the, the forces of darkness and the oppression and the bondage can only truly be eradicated by the truth. You know as well as I do, you can... Somebody that is bound in certain areas, you can try to get them out. You can, you know, if there's certain, there's a money issue, you can give them money. But if it's still built into their head, that money will be gone. You know, somebody that has a poverty mentality, it doesn't matter how much you give them, they're still going to act like they're poor. And we could go through all different types of examples. The battle is to get truth in them so they can see different, so then they can truly be free. We can't deal with things like this in a superficial way. It's been misguided for years and years. We've tried try to get people, put them in a different position, and then they'll, be, they'll, then they'll prosper. The problem is they inside are bound and they will be bound. It doesn't matter. But you could take a free person and you could take that knows the truth and you could take everything away from them And if they keep going in the right direction, you watch, pretty soon, they'll be on top again. Because it's the person that's free. They're released. Verse 44, John 12, verse 44, Then Jesus cried out and said, He who believes in me, believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And he who sees me, or or sees uh, sees me, sees him who sent me. I have come as a light into the world that whoever believes in me should not abide in darkness. You see, he is the light. Whoever believes in him, you could say whoever believes, Jesus is the word. He's the living word. Whoever believes the word, whoever believes the truth, you won't abide in darkness in whatever area that you believe the word. That you start believing those thoughts that will pierce the darkness. And when you act on what Jesus has done, it will free you to walk in truth and to walk in everything Jesus has provided, God has provided through Jesus. Let's read one more, Romans 12, 2. Read this before, but look at it in context of everything we've said tonight. Do not be conformed to this world. How are people conformed? There's lies in the earth, there are thoughts in the earth, there is a war going on for beliefs, and that's what's keeping people conformed. 
When you see the belief systems, when you see the the herds of thought, we need to do this, or this is how you should believe, it's all dealing with thoughts and beliefs, and that's what keeps people conformed into this world system. That's what the enemy wants, so he can keep people bound. But notice, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed how? By the renewing of your mind. That means thoughts come in. It's what we talked about in 2 Corinthians at the beginning. The thoughts come in that are truth. And the truth will destroy every rebellious thought, every thought that exalts itself against uh, the Word of God, every rebellious thought that tries to keep people bound. That truth will come in, and when we let that dominate our mind, it will free us, and then we won't be conformed to the world anymore. It says that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God, that you will be freed to live as God wants you to live. It works in every area. It works in every bit of society, in every person, in every situation, with any challenge. The answer is to get the truth. If we're bound in an area, the answer is to get the truth so it will pierce the darkness, so it will release us from that bondage and let us walk in everything God wanted us to walk in all the time to begin with. That's the answer. And the battlefield is up here to keep us out of it, to keep the world out of it. And if we're aware of that, we're armed. We're realizing what the true battle is, and we don't spend our time wasting our time trying to hit things that aren't going to do anything. We realize, no, this is a spiritual warfare. The warfare is for thoughts. The warfare is for beliefs, and we don't get sidetracked in our own lives or with our loved ones or with the world. We see the truth. We see what it's about, and we're able to fight effectively. 